the world debt has just reached a record $226 trillion. Welcome to What's Money. I'm your host, Rylan Schmidt, and this is the podcast where we learn what money really is. $226 trillion. That's a crazy amount of money to think about. Let all know that it's a specific number that countries or the world owes to other people or things. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Okay. Let's get to the topic. Debt, otherwise known as credit. It's a big topic in the financial world, and I'm sure you've heard plenty about it, and maybe you had some questions about it, and I did too, so let's understand it. Now to do that, let's break it down into three sections. Secured, unsecured, and revolving debt. Now secured debt just means that there's something behind the debt, like a mortgage, for example. So in a mortgage, you know, you take a loan out for your house, and there's something behind the loan, which is your house. And if you default on the loan, then the bank gets your house. Unsecured, the exact opposite of secured debt. So an example would be like a student loan. So if you default on your student loan, there's nothing, you can't, you can't give your education to the bank. That's not possible. Maybe you could, but be more knowledge. I guess, but it's not something that's behind it physically. Now, revolving debt, which is our last one, is slightly more complicated, but I'm sure we can understand it. It's basically where you continue to pay debt over and over again. You may maybe saying, you know, why why would you take out revolving debt? Well, you may have one in your wallet, a credit card. Bingo. So as you continue to pay on the credit card balance, you free up more space on the spending limit. And as it says in the title, it's revolving spending. You keep revolving or continuing, whatever word you want to use. Now that we've established the three different types of debt, let's talk about the history of debt. Now, it's, it's quite interesting, actually. I and mean, it all starts about just a little 5,000 years ago in a place called Summer. Yeah, it's a pretty deep history. Now, in this community, people use debt to make purchases to improve their farm, just as we do today, maybe, if you're a farmer. But the amount of debt people were taking on soon turned into a just huge, disastrous mess. Some farmers were buried in so much debt that their children were forced to work for their entire lives. Their children, not them. Their children you may have heard like a 30-year loan. That's usually like the longest loan, like standard in the financial world. This is like a life, life multiple lifetime loan. <laughs> That's nuts. And it got so bad that the kings would sometimes eliminate the people's debt. Now, let's fast forward a little bit now into 1800 BC. The concept was legitimized with the Hammurabi Code. Now, this started a long history of restrictions and controversy on interest rates. For example, fast forward a couple thousand years into the Dark Ages, after the Western Roman Empire fell, the Catholic Church stated that you cannot charge interest rates on your loan. 1545, England set a maximum interest rate of 10%. In 1787, Jeremy Bethham wrote on how limits on, on interest rates were limiting to the economy. and present day, 
we're we're still fighting about interest rates and well the fed kind of controls them but it's still a big topic in the financial world and i think that's something important to focus on especially when talking about debt now the first credit reporting was done by taylors in england they grouped together and kept track of people's debt in 1830 banks started to offer mortgages which is a type of debt you know for your house we already covered that during the early 1900s there is early or there's sorry during the early 1900s there is easy access to debt and it was one of the main factors that caused the great depression now you may have heard the great depression and the reason this was caused was because people would take out debt to go buy stocks because they knew it was almost a known fact that you could not lose money in the stock market at that time because stocks were going so crazy. And when people can't, you know, pay on the loan, they're going to take out that money. And when enough people do that, things go wild. So, now, I know this may seem a little scary, you know, the fact that debt can may have caused one of the greatest financial collapses, but credit can also be used to start a business, buy your first home. You know, a bunch of good stuff. And there are positives and negatives of debt, as you can see. So don't feel restricted to go into debt. But make sure to be educated on the terms and to make sure that you can't afford it. Do the calculations. Dig in deep and not just look at the paper and say, oh yeah, yeah, I can afford this. No, no. Look into it. I mean, this is, this is your finances. This is your future. And it's important. I mean, I likely have to go into debt soon. I'll have to pay a car to get around, and I can't afford a used car currently, so I'm going to probably have to take out debt. If college, if college prices don't continue to go up, I'll have to take out a loan for that too. And, I mean, sooner or later, I'm going to have to buy a home. I won't be able to afford those prices if they continue to go up, which I'm almost 100% sure they will. I mean, we'll all have to eventually take out debt, and as long as you aren't some multimillionaire multi-millionaire <laughs> multi-millionaire by the age of 20 so don't feel ashamed for borrowing some money now like i said if you're likely now you are likely in debt and most likely wanting to get out of it maybe because of credit cards mortgages student loan but it is possible to get out of it and that's what i'd like to cover here for the next few moments of your time so when it comes down to it, there are really two main ways to get out of debt. The first one is the snowball method. And the second one is the high to low interest rate method. Now for the snowball method, you're going to want to gather all your debts, not physically, but just, you know, maybe write them all down and put them in order from smallest to largest amount that you owe. Start to pay off the first debt on the list as fast as you can while still making the needed payments on the rest. Now, continue down the list. And one important thing when trying to get out of debt is don't rack up more debt. I mean, unless it's some huge emergency, try your hardest. You know, maybe cancel those credit cards or if it's bothering you. Now, this may seem challenging at first, but the key is to cut back on spending and try to find more options to make some extra money. Find a side hustle. A way to cut back on spending is to create a budget. I would recommend using the mid-tap, and that way, you and maybe your spouse are on the same page with it. Now, the second method is the high-to-low interest rate method. Put all your debts in a list of highest interest rate to lowest interest rate. 
Pay off the highest interest rate as fast as you can while still continuing to make the minimum payments on the rest. Continue down the list. Now, if you dislike debt and think it's limiting to your future wealth, try to only use cash from now and try to make wiser decisions on which debt you use. I mean, what I mean by that is don't try and, you know, don't rack up like credit card debt because credit card debt gets really expensive because of the huge interest rates. But a mortgage, I mean, the interest rates are usually pretty low. So in that way, it really pick your debt wisely. But if you're still comfortable with carrying around debt, then there are still some more affordable ways to take care of that. The main one is to keep and have a high credit score. By doing this, you're able to get a lower interest rate on your loans. And a credit score, which I'm sure you've heard of, or a FICO score, is just a measure of how good you are with debt. The higher the number, the better you are. The number ranges from 300 to 850. I highly doubt anybody's ever reached 850, but anything above 700 is good, and 800 is amazing. Now, you can only check your credit card or credit score for free every 12 months, which I thought was interesting. And I didn't know this, but it's something to consider. And the three places you can check that is Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. TransUnion. Now, if you're wondering how to get a higher credit score, which I'm sure you are, you first have to understand what makes up a credit score. Payment history is about 35%, amounts owed, 30%, length of credit history, 15%, new credit, 10 and credit mix, also 10 So for payment history, which is a pretty big piece of the pie, it's going to contribute to the most. The more on time you've been with your payments, the better the score. Now, if you're wondering how to get a higher credit score, you first have to understand what makes up a credit score. Payment history is about 35%, amounts owed is 30%. Length of credit history, 15, new credit, 10, and credit makes 10. So for payment history, which is a big piece of the pie, the more on time you've been with your payments, the better the score. If you have a smaller and smaller amount owed, that is also helpful. Now in general, a long credit history is good. So if you have an account open for a credit card, consider not closing it, even though it may bug you just that it's there. Just keep it open. It will still contribute to your credit score, even though you're not using the credit card and if you do need to use the credit card in case of an emergency you have that account now if you apply for a bunch of loans all at once it'll show lenders that you may be in a pickle financially and of course this is just assuming this but it's something that is that it's information that shows lenders and this there isn't much information to base this off so lastly credit mix a mixed amount of credit is good but it's not a huge deal considering that it's just 10 percent of the overall score compared to the 35 percent, which is payment history so always take payment history first pay your debts so now let's get into the psychology of debt i thought this would be pretty interesting to research about and turns out it wasn't super surprising but i think the i think the information's still valid and will contribute to your understanding. So to start us off, we have to consider that we get enjoyment when we get new things, a car, house, or phone. But the pain of the experience comes from purchasing the item. So if we can elongate the, pur the purchasing of the item and not have to see a drastic change in our bank account, the pain is ultimately lessened. And we, don't, we don't feel that direct hit from our wallet as you would pay without debt. But I found what interesting was that a third of the people in a study that I found, 
were asked on how they felt about the buy now, pay later form of payment. Now, I will put both of these studies in the description if you want to look more into them. A third had responded that they have never con- that they never would consider it as debt. A third. This form of payment is debt. Buy now, pay later. You are taking money out and planning to pay it later. Like that is the definition of debt. Although a third consider it not as debt because, well, they're people. And also because... <sighs> I lost my train of thought. Well, because they're... A third, and never, a third have responded that they never would consider it as debt even though this form of payment is, which is crazy. So the more companies can delay payment, the better you feel. But many companies will take advantage of this by charging sky-high interest rates, but with the buy now, pay later. So always watch out for your your little ad saying, you know, like, you don't have to pay this for the first six months, okay? But then I'll have to pay, fork over, like, twice as much as I paid for the item. Okay, good deal. No, bad you. Don't take that deal. No. We want to save money, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's what we all, all should do, right? <laughs> um, looking at another study showed that people were more likely to take a longer-lasting loan than shorter ones, even though in the long run, the longer-lasting ones would end up being more money. Also, not surprisingly, people with large amounts of debt have a largely lessened quality of life than people with, without debt or small amounts of it. And the reason I say lessened quality of life is because, I mean, they get, or you have a higher chance of like getting depression, and you get anxiety, I mean, stressed out. I mean, if you're, if you can't pay the bills, I'm sure you're stressed out because you're scared that, you know, you might not be able to take a shower or see where you're going, which is important, <laughs> as you may find. <laughs> uh, I think that we we need to watch out for this of companies taking advantage of this because looking through these studies, you can always see that there's almost like these, just like these almost like behaviors of like, I think the main thing is we don't want to feel pain. And so companies will take advantage of that. And again, with the buy now, pay later, it's important to watch out for this. Also, you must look in the long run in life. And here, we're not all about finances. We're also, we're trying to teach some life lessons. Lessons, yes, lessons. We're trying to teach some life (laughs) lessons in here. So not just in finances, otherwise you might get screwed over. Okay. So now I believe we've touched on all the topics pertaining to things about personal debt, things that really have to deal with you, the listener. Let's switch over to a more broad view, world debt. So world or national debt, depending on what nation you live in. At the beginning of the episode, you may have heard me mention a a small, just a little number, just $226 trillion. This number is a 28% increase from the last year's total debt in the world, which is an insane number considering that, just hear me out here, according to the UN, 2% of Elon Musk's net worth or $6 billion could cure world hunger. That is just 
you're you're not going to believe me. If my math is correct, 0.0026% of the world's debt. That's insane. Nuts. Oh, can you, I mean, you can think about it. Companies have the ability of the snack of finger to cure world hunger, cure these problems. And it's not that they won't. Well, it is, but the numbers may not work out, but that's just crazy that that's how much we've racked up. Anyways, United States debt, it's around $29 trillion, And in second place is China with just around $10 trillion. That's also an insane fact. Almost You have almost triple the amount, the U.S. does, of the person in second place. Now, I found this information on this really cool website, and see, it has the national debt. Sorry, the U.S. national debt currently is $29,877,616,000. One hundred and twenty-four, and the numbers keep flashing up, so I can't read them. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty cool website. I consider checking it out. You can see a whole bunch of numbers if you're into that thing too. That is another crazy statistic. Not only in the world, not only is the world in vast amount of debt, so is the U.S. in particular. Now, do these big numbers really mean anything? Yes and no. On the positive note. The money that is loaned to countries will most likely be used in countries which will pump up the economy. Which is good for the country, I'm assuming. Unless you're shorting stocks. But on the downside, the higher the country's debt, the more it will have to bury itself out of later. And the higher a country's debt, the more likely it will default on its loans. This will end up creating financial panic in the country, ultimately bringing down the economy. So, it can have two sides, and as you may see, if you're keeping up, you know, in the U.S., especially, the news, you know, it's definitely, it's a two-sided argument. Now, this may seem like a never-ending cycle of debt the world is in, considering the crazy amount of money that it is, especially in the U.S., but one time in our country's history, the country that I live in, the United States of America, we were able to pay it all off. On January 8, 1835, President Andrew Jackson successfully paid off the United States debt, in large part due to selling off land in the West, although the actual undoing of the debt put the economy in the worst shapes it's ever been, not the Great Depression, but one of the worst. And so who really knows if this whole idea was really any good at all? All right, that is going to conclude it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us, review us, or I don't know, it's up to you. And always remember to stay cool out there.